Hello and welcome to another edition of the American Sheep Industry Association's Research Update. I'm your host, Jake Thorne. As we continue through the warm summer months, one thing that is always on the mind of sheep producers this time of year, and especially those who have been fortunate to have some rain recently, are parasites. Now, parasites, and specifically barber's pole worm, are one of the most significant health and production issues that our flocks face. When the environment is right and these gastrointestinal nematodes are thriving, it can seem like an endless and daunting task to try and limit the damage that they can cause. Now, with that said, there's something in the toolbox that is available to producers that many aren't even aware of or know little about. Copper oxide wire particles might be the missing piece to your parasite management protocol. We are really lucky to have joining us today one of the leading small ruminant parasite experts in the U.S., Dr. Joan Burke, a research scientist with the USDA in Boonville, Arkansas. Thanks for spending some time with us today, Dr. Burke. Thanks for having me, Jake, and thanks for the invitation to do, to do this podcast interview today. Appreciate it. That's, absolutely. Now, Dr. Perk, Burke, my uh, uh, introduction of you is pretty brief. Would you mind telling us a, a bit more about your background and, and involvement in sheep research? Sure. Um, well, it started back when I was an undergraduate. So I wasn't raised on a farm or anything like that. But when I was at Cornell University, I began, I first, that's when I first began to work with sheep. I was doing a work study program with Dr. Alan Bell on nutritional reproductive interactions in late pregnancy, studying gestational diabetes, using twin pregnant use as a model for humans. And I loved working with sheep, loved the research, the science, um, and quickly learned how to bleed and catheterize sheep. Um, All the took on stuff. weekend care. Yeah. yeah. From, from there, um, well, I mean, kind of fast forward a couple of years, I trained as a reproductive biologist during my PhD at Oregon State, um, looking at the effects of flushing, um, also looked at fescue toxicosis in cattle and sheep. Um, but over the last 20 years, I've worked in the area of small room and parasitology to find solutions to dewormer resistance. Um, and my research has focused on control of barber pole worm, as you say, or homunculus contortus in sheep and goats. And we first described the benefits of selective deworming using copper oxide wire particles as a dewormer. We also looked at feeding condensed tannins um, to control homunculus contortus and coccidia, and recently made some exciting advances in genetics. Okay, cool. Well, before we get too much into copper oxide wire particles themselves, uh, could you also please just discuss a, a bit about the impact that gastrointestinal nematodes or homunculus contortus have on the U.S. sheep industry? Sure. The primary parasite that I'm going to talk about uh, for this podcast is homunculus contortus, though there are other worms that can be pathogenic as well. So it's difficult to put a price tag on the impact of worm parasites on sheep and goats, um, but it's, it's certainly in the million dollar range in the U.S. Um, and maybe more. Effects of worm parasites include death loss as high as 50%. Um, I, I worked with a farmer in South Carolina. He, he, he lost 50% of a lamb crop several years ago to worms. Um, animals get anemia, from barber pole worm. Um, there's also deworming costs, the farmer's time in managing worm parasites and the infection, morbidity due to damaged gut wall from worms, which can really lead to reduced weight gains and ewe milk production. Worms are an issue in the southeastern U.S. year-round and in warm, humid summer months for many states, 
and even out west for people using irrigated pastures, right. even our northernmost states in Canada can have huge issues with Moncus contortus during summer months, which has been found in nearly every state as well as worldwide. Um, and then one other point, uh, veterinarians use short-sighted recommendations for years in advising farmers. And even today, um, I got an email from someone working with a veterinarian using these same short-sighted recommendations in advising farmers to treat often with dewormers, move to clean pastures, deworm in the fall, all of which did not consider refugia or leaving worms in the animal or the environment untreated. Routine use of dewormers maximized animal performance, so we got great gains, but it didn't consider consequences. This led to dewormer resistance in all three drug classes that we have in the U.S. Many farmers uh, went out of business because they couldn't keep their sheep or goats alive. They just didn't have dewormers that worked. So. Right. Absolutely. And I think you probably answered it uh, a little bit earlier, but what was it about copper oxide wire particles that really piqued your interest? Why did you get involved with, with research with them? Well, I enjoyed, you know, as during my um, postdoc and, um, you know, other graduate research, I enjoyed exploring basic science, looking at biological mechanisms that impaired conception or pregnancy rates. Um, but I felt disconnected from producers. So I really wanted my research to have more of an impact to farmers. Um, and I wanted them to be able to use something right away. Copper oxide wire particles was one of those research areas. So it was recognized more than 20 years ago that there was a need for alternatives to chemical dewormers or anthelmintics because of dewormer, dewormer resistance. Um, and that's just an inability of a dewormer to eliminate gastrointestinal nematodes because the worm population developed resistant genetics um, or mechanisms to tolerate the dewormer. But I also had an interest in organic livestock production. Um, and as a side note, we have one of the only certified organic sheep research flocks in the U.S. But the organic regulations state that approved dewormers, um, which was originally just ivermectin, can be used to treat worms, but animals cannot be certified if the dam was treated in the last third of pregnancy or the lamb was treated any time in its lifetime. And working with our certifier, Nature's International Certification Services, um, they do allow the use of copper oxide water particles as a dewormer. So kind of early on, um, copper oxide water particles had been discovered to be effective against barber pole worm around 1990 by New Zealand researchers and in 2002 by a, an Australian researcher. And even before that, some uh, researchers looking at sheep nutrition accidentally discovered that um, worms were reduced as well when using copper oxide. So they were treating animals for copper deficiency. My colleague Jim Miller from Louisiana State University approached me about doing a dose titration study. That was around 2002. And that was about the same time where all of our dewormers were failing in the ARS flock. So, of course, I was interested in the project and um, the products readily available for producers at the time, um, though it was a product um, sold for cattle. Excellent. And and so I know that there are some people listening that uh, honestly probably don't have a, a great concept of what 
copper oxide wire particles are. Uh, so would you mind describing what exactly they are and, and how do they differ from, say, our traditional anthematics? Sure. Yep. So copper oxide wire particles are sold commercially as boluses or in gel capsules with little particles of copper oxide within. They sort of look like little pieces of broken pencil lead. They were developed to alleviate copper deficiency, as I indicated. Um, there's two forms copper co that are sold now, copper sure and ultra cruise. So the capsule, um, when given to the animals, dissolved in the rumen. The particles travel to the abomasum or the true stomach, and it lodges in the folds of the stomach. There will be particles found anywhere between the rumen and um, comes out in the feces, but most sticks around in the abomasum for at least a few weeks. So what happens, the pH of the abomasum is much lower than the rest of the digestive tract, close to one. And it's thought that this acid environment causes a slow release of copper to the animal, which can have an indirect effect on the worm. Copper we, we found that the concentration of copper in the worm is higher after a dose of copper oxide wire particles, so that could have some toxicity effect to the worm. And it's also thought that copper oxide acts directly on the adult worm causing damage to the cuticle, which is kind of just like the skin of the worm. Okay. But really the exact mechanism is how it works is not been determined. Okay. And and I would you mind also um, briefly giving us a, a review of the parasite life cycle? You're talking about copper going to the abomasum and being effective there. Uh, maybe a, just a quick review of that, that life cycle would be great too. Yeah, you bet. So... Um, barber pole worm is a prolific egg layer, it sucks blood as much as 200 microliters per day per adult worm and even the developing larva. And it has a short life cycle, which takes about five weeks to complete. So as the animals graze, they pick up the infective stage larva of the nematode parasite. So this is for barber pole worm, trichostrondylus, and some, some of the others, they have the same life cycle. So this is the L3 or the infective stage larva, and it has a protective sheath around it. So it protects it from adverse conditions. So it can kind of stick around on that pasture for a long time um, because that sheath protects it. So as the larvae are consumed, Homunculus contortus sheds its sheath in the rumen. It develops to the adult stage in the abomasum. So it's not an intestinal worm. Um, sometimes people confuse that. Um, the adult female lays as many as 5,000 eggs per day. So the life cycle completes itself as the eggs hatch on pasture, the larvae mature to the infective stage, um, and then the life cycle starts again. So Homunculus contortus specifically thrives on warm, moist pastures. Um, but Trichostrondylus and Teeler dorsaja, um, some of the other cooler season or temp temperate climate worms, they prefer uh, cooler temperatures. Okay, great. Now, from my understanding, and I could be incorrect on this, copper oxide wire particles are mostly effective against the adult homoccus. Is that right? And, and maybe not some of those earlier stages? That is correct. So research has shown that only the adults are affected. Um, and that's probably because the L4, the developing larvae, are embedded in the abomasal lining and less exposed to copper okay. oxide. Yeah. 
Now, how long does the effect uh, of, of the copper oxide wire particle on the parasite persist? So in our research, when used as a dewormer, copper oxide only lasts about 72 hours. So not any longer than that, even though the particles can still be there as a dewormer, and, and we don't know why, it, it just lasts for that short period of time. Okay. Now, before we go any further, uh, you know, just the mention of the word copper makes a, a lot of sheep producers hesitant. Copper toxicity is, is well known to many and, and maybe not fully understood by, by all of us, but, uh, you know, is there a, a thread of copper toxicity with using this product? Yeah, this is a great question. I'm, I'm glad that you asked this. So, yeah, clinical toxicity occurs when copper that accumulates in the liver is released in massive amounts in the bloodstream. So, um, we can kind of get an indication in a live animal by looking at liver enzyme concentrations. Serum copper concentrations increase acutely. They can cause lipid peroxidation and an intravenous hemolysis, kind of a lot of um, veterinary terms there. Sure. Um, so signs of toxicity can be anorexia, abdominal pain, jaundice, death. Um, so yeah, and, and giving the copper oxide can potentially lead to this if we give too much. Right. And, and so in, um, just to reiterate in, in copper toxicity, that's mostly a problem with the, the liver. Is that, is that right? That's right. And, yeah. and sheep compared to other breeds or uh, kind of have a faulty system in getting rid of that copper. Sure. Okay. Now are there some breeds of, of sheep that are more sensitive to copper toxicity or is it all across species pretty much the same? It's been found that Texel and Suffolk may be more sensitive to toxicity, toxicity than other breeds. And Finn sheep may be less sensitive. That's kind of in general. And goats tend to be less sensitive to copper toxicity compared with sheep. Um, but really, I mean, if, if folks decide to use it, caution should be used, whether right. whether using Texels or, or goats. So right. that's our general thought, that be careful. Sure. So I guess the question is, how often is, is too often for using uh, copper oxide wire particles? Yeah, so this really depends on whether there are other sources of copper available. So if there's other copper sources in the water, um, mineral, feed, whatever, don't use copper oxide wire particles as a dewormer. So on the safe side. So any copper oxide wire particles used will increase the level of copper in the liver as it's intended. So it's, it's um, developed to alleviate cop copper deficiency. So if copper toxic toxicity is often an issue in your area, then don't use it. So, you know, talk to your extension professionals to find out if the, that's an issue, if you're not sure. Here in Arkansas, our sheep and cattle tend to be quite marginal in copper. So we can have deficiencies. So in our black cattle, they, they might have brown hair and it might be slow to, to shed in the spring and early summer. Um, animals can be anemic. They might have neo, neonatal ataxia, bone disorders, poor growth, infertility. So for us, using copper oxide wire particles as an antimentic is very safe. Um, in 2006, we reported a study in which we use it every six weeks for four treatments in Dorper Katahdin lambs. The liver concentrations of copper remained in a safe level at slaughter. Um, we actually didn't 
need it for as a dewormer the last two treatments, but uh, we really wanted to know how safe it was. We also used it in uh, polypate use in lambs in Iowa, um, where there was perhaps maybe a little more concern about whether copper was safe and, and the animal stayed well within a safe level and it was effective in uh, reducing fecal egg counts. So if a farmer is considering using it as an anthelmintic, please check with your extension professional or veterinarian to understand the safety margin of the added copper. Sure, absolutely. Now, we've been talking about copper oxide. Uh, are there other sources of copper that have the same negative impact on parasites? Uh, you know, maybe copper that's in the feed or, or something else? Um, so... Um, I, I think you're asking whether there's other forms of, of copper. Yeah. And, that, and if, if that can copper be used delivered somewhere at some way else, yeah. It's, yeah. It's so it, on the parasites. it's controversial whether copper sulfate has the same okay. effect yeah. on gastrointestinal worms um, compared to copper oxide. Dr. Miller and I have conducted uh, a few studies with goats and sheep using copper sulfate as a drench. Um, or in the mineral or in the feed. In all of these studies, we did not find any reduction fecal egg counts. So I know there's others who've used it. Um, we have not seen it in our studies. So, and, and I even know of a, a farmer nearby who followed the infamous Australian book on using copper sulfate in a mineral. Um, and they ended up losing most of their sheep because of oh, wow. copper toxicity. So it's really not worth the risk to use um, copper sulfate or any other forms of copper for as a dewormer. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so I think you might have mentioned their, their um, retail names a, a second ago, but what copper oxide wire particle products uh, are available to be purchased by producers? Yeah, so if you... If you go online and, and do a search, you should be able to find two products uh, sold to goats. To my knowledge, there's not any sold for sheep, but Ultra Cruise is sold. Both Ultra Cruise and Copshore are sold in two and four gram boluses. And you can also find a product for cattle, Copshore product for cattle, sold as 12 and a half and 25 gram boluses. Um, and oh, just as a side note, we did use an industrial copper oxide wire particle, um, which you might be able to find again online, but it did not reduce fecal egg counts. I'm not sure why, but it did not. Oh, interesting. So even though there's a, you know, there's a four gram and a, and a 25 gram bolus available, uh, would you, would you recommend using those, those higher doses, uh, based off some of the information you talked about at copper toxicity or is, is the two gram appropriate? So really, you want to stick with the lowest dose if there's any plan to use a subsequent dose or if the copper status is unknown. So we suggest using a half to one gram for sheep or goats less than a year of age. So we don't really go on a per weight basis, but we, we found that um, we found even one gram is, is effective in um, adults. So we, we use one to two grams in adults. So if you're using it as a dewormer, there's no sense to use larger doses um, unless you have a known copper deficiency, but otherwise we, we stick to those lower doses. So that means you're going to have to repackage um, 
the the larger boluses um, to smaller boluses for the young animals. Okay. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with that, but uh, that that's what we recommend. Okay. Now, um, one thing that does strike my curiosity: uh, does pregnancy status affect how sensitive uh, a ewe is to to the copper treatments? Pregnancy can increase the sensitive to copper toxicity, um, but also keep in mind that late pregnant and early lactation can make the female more susceptible to worm parasites. So um, kind of a fine balance there. So um, we have used copper oxide worm particles in pregnant sheep and goats without detriment. Okay, good to know. Now, many of our producers also have goats uh, in, com- in combination with their sheep. Do your recommendations remain the same for goats or, or do this, uh, or is there some changes to, to what you'd recommend when using this product? We use the same recommendations. So um, again, we use it on an age base. We, we can't, you know, we suggested use based on age rather than weight. So yeah. Okay. Now, how, how much do these cost? I know that's always one that everyone wants to know. What, what is the, the, financial implications of, of this product? Um, my calculations just for the copper oxide would be somewhere between 13 cents and 50 cents per gram. And it really depends on what you decide to purchase. Um, so if using a, a, the 25 gram cattle bolus, um, it's going to be a little bit cheaper. And then you're going to have to also um, find the capsule as well. Right. Absolutely. So what is your recommended protocol for, for using copper oxide wire particles? Is this something that's delivered by itself or is there something else that is given with it? So we have administered copper oxide wire particles alone, um, or we did a study combining with valbazin, uh, which is another name is albendazole. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use that alone or we use the two in combination. And we had a mixed population of worms. So we had homunculus contortus and trichostrongulus, as well as um, some other minor species. And, um, and and we knew from our drench rate test, uh, w- which tells if you have uh, resistant worms, we, we knew we had worms that were resistant to benzimidazoles, uh, which includes albendazole or, or valbazin. So in this study where we used the combination, um, well, where we used either product alone, there was only a 20% reduction in fecal egg count by day seven or 46% reduction by day 14 when using valbazin alone. So not very, not that effective. When we use copper oxide alone, we only had uh, a 12 or 1% reduction. So like I said, we had the mixed population and uh, normally copper oxide alone is only effective against homunculus contortus. But when we use the combination, both the copper oxide and the valbazin, we got 99% reduction. Oh, wow. um, so, so that's pretty exciting. So that suggests that even when you've got dewormer resistance, by using the combination, both products tend to be more effective. Wow, that's really neat. Yeah. So I know that there's a, another kind of newer product available uh, to some producers, the, the fungus Dedentonian flagrans, uh, and it's sold under the, the product name Bioworma, I believe. Uh, I noticed you've done some research looking into combining copper oxide wire particles with Bioworma, and I was wondering if you wouldn't mind explaining that just a little bit. 
Sure. Yeah, we're pretty excited about um, bioworma. It's a nematode trapping fungus. The fungus is its, its name is Duddingtonia flagrans. So we're pretty excited. It's available in the U.S. Um, it's manu manufactured in Australia. And right now, to my knowledge, Premier is the only one that, that offers it in the U.S. Um, it's the only product on the market that targets a reduction of parasites on pasture. So that, that's pretty exciting. So one of the early studies that Dr. Miller and I conducted was to look at the interaction of copper oxide wire particles and uh, this fungus. And fortunately, we could administer copper oxide without killing the fungus and the feces. So, so that's what uh, we determined. Um, so, so just back up a little bit. If you look at the life cycle, what, what you're doing when you're, you're feeding bioworm is you're feeding the spores of the fungus. The spores pass through to the feces, sporulate, and then develop alongside the larva. And then as both the eggs hatch and the larva develops, the fungus also develops and the larva become trapped. So, and, and I, I was actually kind of thinking about a, a research project project that we did last year. We were using the fungus and I selectively dewormed, but as I am entering year two of this study, I think in order to give that, that fungus a good chance of being the most effective, I, I think it makes sense to use copper oxide wire particles on all the animals. So you've got low worm, low worms, low number of worms in the animal and the fungus keeps the worms off the pasture. So right. um, to me, that just makes sense. Sure. Absolutely. Now kind of sticking with the, the research theme, is there ongoing work uh, that is occurring with, with copper oxide wire particles specifically? Um, maybe we've, we might have a little bit going on. As I mentioned, we published the research on the combination with copper oxide and valbazin, but we haven't looked at other dewormers. So we're looking specifically at levamisole um, and, and maybe ivermectin. And we've got some pretty good preliminary data suggestion that we, suggesting that we see the same um, increased effect by using the combination of copper oxide and levamisole. Um, we don't have enough data to publish yet, um, but, we're getting there with uh, Nikki Whitley at Fort Valley State University and I are working on that together. Great. That's really exciting. Now you've covered a, a lot here in, in just a few minutes, but where, where can folks go uh, to learn more about this product and, and maybe some other treatments for, for internal parasites? Yeah. So for anyone who has not been to our American Consortium for Small Runa Parasite Control website, um, it's wormax.info. Uh, um, we've got fact sheets, videos, research articles, and I noticed that Texas AgriLife um, also has a video as well, right? Yeah, that's, I think so. <laughs> I think Reed's on there, yeah. Okay, um, that's that's great. Now, Dr. Burke, this is this has been a great discussion, absolutely. But I was wondering if you could provide our listeners with with maybe one big take home message from what we've talked about today. What is what is one thing you'd really like to stick in their minds as they they move on from from listening to this podcast? Well, I, I never as a take home message, it can never be simple because worms aren't that simple. So, f for those listeners, we're from areas where barber pole worm exists. 
Stay on top of managing the animals. Don't fall behind on nutrition. Don't overgraze. Um, and don't start treating worms when you see bottle jaw. So, so try to be more proactive. Um, it's If it's been dry and warm and it starts raining, prepare to see worm problems within, within two to three, three weeks. If it's lambing time, consider your strategy in dealing with sheep or user does that um, their fecal egg count or worm infection will rise after she lambs. And then weaning is going to be a stressful time for lambs and kids. So figure out what are you going to do to um, kind of minimize the parasite infection. Do any of the dewormers work on your farm? Um, the time to find out is not when you see bottle jaw, but before that. So copper oxide water particle, they're a tool to be used to help manage homunculus contortus. Like any of the tools, none of them are silver bullet, but designed to be used together. So what works on one farm may not work on another. Look at your resources available. Look at warmax.info and other reputable sites for sheep management. Read the ASI Sheep Production Handbook. If sheep are undernourished, stressed, or diseased, be sure those parasites will take advantage of the lower immune response of the animal. If you are considering using copper oxide water particles to manage worms, find out whether copper is higher high in your environment or if copper toxicity is going to be an issue. Um, be informed, not just from your neighbor, but from doing your homework and consider all your resources. Right. That's that's fantastic. So unfortunately, that about does it for time for us today. But Dr. Burke, I, I want to thank you again um, for, for answering my questions and, and providing us with such great information. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you today, Jake. And uh, again, thanks to ASI for the invitation to talk with you today. Sure, absolutely. Now to you listeners, as always, thanks for, for keeping us on your monthly playlist and make sure to, to su- make sure to subscribe to our podcast uh, to be alerted for each new episode that we put out monthly. But until next time, eat lamb, wear wool, and don't forget to keep your sheep safe from even the tiniest of predators. Have a good day.